looks like we're ready to go. Uh, how about uh, calling of the roll, please? Ashton. Here. Debnar. Here. Frost. Here. Albertson. Here. McGaw. Here. McDonald. Here. Winter. Here. Okay. The June meeting of the Airport Commission is in session. And uh, our first order of business is approval of the minutes of the March 7th, uh, 2013. Um, having looked at that, is there any corrections to the minutes? Uh, in which case, um, do I have a motion to accept the uh, uh, Make a motion that we accept the uh, minutes. Do I have a second? I'll second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? <coughs> Carries. All right. Uh, public comment period. Do we have any uh, public comments on the docket? There are no public comments. Okay. Moving to correspondence. Bob, do we have any correspondence on the list? I have no correspondence. All righty. So far, so good. <laughs> now I think where we bogged down a little bit. Old business. Uh, RFP for fuel service provider um, for discussion and action. Um, Bob, I'll turn it over to you for lay, lay, the, lay the backgrounds and kind of tell us where we are with this. Uh, after our last meeting in March, uh, City staff determined it was the best interest of the city to go out for a formal uh, RFP for a fuel service provider. Uh, the RFPs were sent out on May 2nd and due back uh, May 23rd at 4 p.m. Uh, there were four RFPs sent out to the various fuel providers. And three of them responded on that date. Uh, the subcommittee met on, I believe it was Wednesday, the 29th, and reviewed the RFPs and are coming back to the commission night to offer their recommendation. Uh, okay, and uh, um, what was the uh, operations, Could, did the operations committee come to a, uh, a recommendation for the uh, commission to consider? Yes, the recommendation that they came up with was uh, for uh, Eastern Fuels to be the fuel service provider uh, for the next uh, period at the Petaluma Airport. And was that the um, the, the shell distributor? That's correct. That is a shell. Okay. Um, I guess I'll use my prerogative here and make, uh, um, make one comment. Um, uh, one thing that uh, we thought that was important consideration in the operations committee um, was branded fuel. Um, you know, we're hoping to see increased numbers of business traffic, um, and and uh, uh, you know, Aeroshell is pretty well known within the business uh, uh, aircraft community, and so the recommendation was fairly unanimous to proceed uh, with a with a branded uh, with a branded fuel, uh, and that was uh, um, that was the, that was my main consideration. And then we sat and looked at various and sundry factors, in, including. Um, not the least of which was, uh, um, you know, how timely and, re and responsive they were, how experienced they were in aviation, how well set up they were, and the um, uh, and the quality and amounts of, of liability insurance that uh, that they carried, and uh, um, so those those are my comments from having sat on that. Any other commission members have any questions or comments regarding the uh, fuel? Madam Chair, what was the spread, the, the, the dollars and cents? What were we talking about for the high bid, low bid, and dollars and cents on these? I would have to defer that, but uh, uh, um, in terms of, uh, there, isn't, there isn't an absolute dollar, I don't believe. It's more like how much, how much you know, based on the, what the past track record of was how much the fuel would, had been costing compared to other um, uh, other providers, and importantly, as to what the cost uh, of, of credit card fees, that's a huge cost for us. Bob, I'll let you address that in more detail. Yeah, we really got um, an incomplete report on some of the fuel providers is what uh, we asked for the last three months. Uh, so it's, it was hard to compare apples to apples because we had one set of figures from one and, and didn't have figures from another one. Uh, we asked for figures for um, Phillips and we didn't receive any. 
through the world fuel service. So the, the most complete RFP was uh, the Shell one. Uh, Chris, what we did find on the cost was, as you can um, imagine, um, the cost of crude oil is a major component of the final delivered price of sure. any petroleum commodity. And as the price of crude oil fluctuates on the market, that obviously impacts different manufacturers um, depending on the um, capacity of the refinery operation, the storage volume they may have on hand at a different price than what they may be having to pay now for the new crude oil price. And so the prices fluctuate, but within a range. And what we generally found was over time, there were some that were a little less expensive um, in terms of maybe up, it wasn't much over a dime or 15 cents at any one point, but it wasn't consistent. It would change over time. And sometimes jet fuel was less expensive than another one comparing one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes aviation gasoline was a little more, and then sometimes it would flip, again, depending on the time. So the cost um, was, for near as we could tell with the data we had available to review, pretty much a wash. Some were higher, some were lower, but it changed week to week, month to month. So it, it wasn't so much the cost, it was the other elements, one that Kristen mentioned, the cost of the credit card fees, um, whether or not the bidders provided um, the details of their excess insurance coverage which we required that they do in our RFP. And um, Shell, the Eastern Aviation Fuel um, supplier, uh, provided the most complete and thorough bid package. And when we went through, as Kristen mentioned, having a brand fuel name, that's important to pilots because they develop a brand identity and, and loyalty, as and most many people do in motor gasoline. And so we felt that was important. And so when we went through, we had a number of criteria. Uh, for example, the recognition of a brand name, the pricing. Pricing, of, that's why I was asking. It's one of the criteria. Pricing was one of the criteria. Payment terms, fuel ordering process, credit card fee program and cost, fuel ordering process. In some cases, ordering the fuel is um, on um, a more responsive basis if you are a much bigger purchaser of the commodity. And a smaller purchaser, as we are, we don't buy all that often. But when we do, we want service. I mean, we are a customer, and we expect that attention to us as, as a purchaser of a, of a commodity. Um, that we in, um, uh, evaluated the electronic funds transfer process, the delivery process, um, product integrity programs, training, and availability of parts and supplies. And then we also, Bob went out and evaluated the, um, the, the, the references that the bidders provided in terms of their experience with the bidders uh, service and product integrity programs and availability of parts and delivery efficiency and all that sort of thing. So we melded a lot of different criteria together. We gave them, for example, one element, credit card program costs. Maybe we called that, uh, if you did an excellent job, that would be 10 points out of 100. Another item, brand identity, was maybe 20 points out of 100. We, we weighted the value of those items based on our experience and judgment over the years of having done this. And so we came off individually with scores, totals, and then Bob averaged those totals, and that's what's in the, uh, in the handout. So that, that's how we got there. The, um, one of the, in our discussion in an earlier meeting, uh, and I thought it was this service provider or another that was going to be have fuel filters and parts and such. Is that this uh, contractor? Right. Yes, it is. Okay. Right. right. How often do these uh, bids for fuel, how do they redo these contracts? Um, the bids are, or the service agreement is for five years. Five years. Yes. Unless we, um, it automatic renews at, at five years unless we go out for another RFP at that point. All right. So certainly in five years we can come back and, and take another look. 
I didn't see the RFP, and I knew what you explained makes good enough sense for me. I'm, I'm happy with that. I have no problem. That the, the weighted values of those would be, I don't know if they were explained in the RFP, that, that, that a producer or a provider, a contractor can see that this aspect has more points uh, assessed to it uh, than some other point, so they want to focus maybe a little more on their delivery or on their bid specifications in that topic area. Uh, the, so that might be advantageous next time. Yes, the um, in in the RFP. Yeah, um, I, I can give you this if you like. Uh, it's got the criteria that they that we requested from them for information. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and that's basically what we went through and tabulated. So they did know that in oh, advance, yeah. the weighted, oh. the weighted. Oh, I didn't, no, specifics. not necessarily the weighting, but we said we're going to evaluate everybody on these criteria. Okay, and and what I'm suggesting is that if I'm focusing on pricing, and we've just discussed that pricing is not that critical because it's awfully close, but service is more of an important right. criteria, then I, as a, as a contractor, want to make sure that I emphasize that and tell you all the cool things I do. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that they, if there's a weighted system, that they be aware of that so everyone's got a level playing field. Another item, if I might add, that, that, that we looked at was quality control of the product. And um, with with our past supplier in Chevron, um, there was strict measures to make sure that we were getting a product that was uh, serviceable, so to speak. And with some, it was like, you know, what's that? You, you you make up your program or what? So that was a part of it as well as training. Um, so we have a product that um, the the owner, the aircraft uh, pilot. Um, needs to be able to depend on that quality so that it, you know they just can't pull over anywhere so quality is a, is an important issue in this in this process so that was that was looked at as well that's fine and I'll make one one additional comment um, that you know once we had come to the conclusion that that, that uh, we, we would all things being equal prefer branded fuel um, the other provider branded fuel Phillips um, their bid package um, didn't include any information as to the credit card fees that we would be charged, which made it really, really difficult to compare, you know, the cost apples and apples. So, you know, to a degree, you know, kind of on the fly, we ha we were we were handicapped right there as far as uh, giving a good look at uh, look at Phillips and Phillips and Shell were the only two branded options that that uh, we were presented with. So, Chris, I had a question. Yeah, um, Bob, you may not know this yet, or, or the, the committee. Um, do you think there'll be any change in the in the actual uh, operation of how we get the fuel, and or how it's dispensed, or the credit card machine? Will that change anything like that? I think it'll be transparent. Uh, we currently have removed all Chevron signage, and credit cards have been removed from the system, and the system is operating as it did before, and, and it. Any fuel provider, uh, that we'd use the same system we have today, so um, I don't think there'd be any difference. Yeah. I, I had a question. Are we still using, are we using Shell um, fuel yet, or are we still got? Uh, We're still purchasing fuel f through, it's called Ascent now, instead of World Fuel. So what we're getting at the present time is a non-branded fuel. Okay. Yeah. And then if, brand. if for any reason they can't deliver, uh, I thought we had a alternate uh, source or something in that in place, or do we have that? Uh, they would find an alternate source. They would. They would yeah. find that for us. Right. Okay. If I might, just one more comment uh, along with uh, Kristen's uh, comment on on credit card fees. Uh, probably what 98% Mr. Patterson of our um, sales are, are on credit cards is that about right or where, where does it fall so those fees really start to add up so that's a pivotal piece of information that was was lacking you were probably more like a hundred percent very little cash Okay, um, any other comments or questions? Um, and if not, um, could I get a, a, a motion to... Uh, Madam uh, Chair, I'll move the item. Okay, we have a motion. I'll second. 
Any motion on the floor to uh, accept the and uh, to recommend to the city that they uh, enter into a contract uh, with uh, Eastern Fuel for Shell branded uh, for Shell branded products, pursuant to the uh, request for uh, a proposal. Any other comments, questions before we have a vote? Alrighty, call for the vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. Okay, passes unanimously. Um, moving on to the next item of old business, hangar modification, uh, modification to hangar and tie-down leases. What's our status there, Bob? Uh, previously, we brought this before the commission with the two modifications at the time were uh, lease premise where a person wanted to change locations. It would be merely a signing of an additional document uh, and we wouldn't have to go through the process of writing a new lease. And the second item that we presented earlier was the security deposit could be used for any unpaid balance uh, if they moved out. And those two uh, were successful, well, they were favored by the commission. One thing the commission did bring up was uh, had to do with aircraft maintenance that's in the uh, current lease uh, as far as not have to have a uh, aircraft mechanic as an employee of the tenant uh, with the hangar and also uh, that they could uh, spray in the hangar as long as it was uh, like for corrosion, preventative corrosion, and uh, mainly out of a rattle can and not a, a spray unit itself. An additional item was brought up about indemnification, and um, I think the current lease stipulates that the city has the right to choose uh, the attorney of, of the insured, and that was uh, not favored by the commission. Uh, when I brought that before the city staff, they uh, recommended that the two changes as far as aircraft maintenance were approved, but it wasn't in the city's best interest to change the indemnification uh, paragraph, which is paragraph 16. Okay, um, so just as kind of a summary, um, there were um, uh, three uh, significant uh, uh, language changes that we had raised an issue with. Um, one was the language that required, that originally required the any anybody doing maintenance on your own aircraft in your hangar be an employee. Um, and my understanding is the city accepted our our alternate proposal on that one. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And the other uh, issue was is we felt that the prohibition on painting. Um, was was too broad because it would prevent you from doing you know little touch-ups with a brush or a rattle can um, which are required from time to time to protect the aircraft and the city agreed with that one as well correct correct and then we brought up um, the fact that the city um, uh, having the option of basically um, in effect what it would be disapproving the insurance the the attorney that the insurance co our insurance company provided on an indemnification situation and 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 the city is unwilling to change that at this point is that correct um, they don't think it's in the best interest of the city to change that <clears throat> well all right um, uh, as a practicing aviation attorney this is near and dear to my heart uh, the problem with that is is it, it's in a little bit of intention in the way the world works um, virtually all aviation defense cases, which is this is what we're talking about. We're talking about some sort of an issue that happens at the airport involving a tenant um, that the city gets dragged into a lawsuit and says, okay, you know, we got dragged in for essentially your problem. You need to indemnify us, okay? And, and we all have insurance that says the uh, where the insurance company agrees that the city is an additional insured which does obligate our insurance company to provide an attorney for the city. And, and so the insurance company in such a situation would assign an aviation experienced attorney to defend the city. But now we have a little bit of a problem if the city decides it wants to refuse what the insurance company is offering. Uh, because by the way this lease is written, then if the insurance company doesn't want to accept the $300 an hour lawyer that the insurance company and they want to go out and hire their golfing buddy of somebody in the 
in the, in the city government, you know, that charges $700 an hour, this allows the this allows the city then to come back at the individual, you know, for the difference in cost of defending the city. Um, and you know, contrary to you know some public opinion, everybody out in the airport is is rich. I mean, most of us are either small business persons, you know, retired school teachers, uh, uh, you know, hobbyists that are working on a 1939 airplane that they bought for $15,000 and are putting a lot of love and sweat equity into it. And, and you know, that there, there aren't any Bill Gateses out at our airport that can, you know, pony up a couple hundred thousand dollars if the city wants to go a different direction. Um, uh, on on insurance uh, on on an, uh, you know the attorney that the insurance company can provide, um, I can tell you based on uh, you know 12 years of experience as, as a practicing aviation defense attorney um, that virtually all aviation defense attorneys will accept the will accept um, uh, you know what the major aviation insurers are willing to pay because that's their primary clients. Um, so this would be the city going. You know, well, we want to hire somebody else. You know, we don't care whether they're aviation or not. We're just we're we're going to go our own direction. And this, because of the way it's written, you know, it, it potentially puts us in a bind. And I I'm not entirely sure that the city really has thought through, um, you know, what this would mean down the road. I mean, it sounds really nice. So we get to choose. Okay, just on the face of it, that sounds really great for the city. But you know, if you don't know the backstory. You know that makes a lot of sense, but once you once you know the backstory, how that's going to work, um, we've got a real problem with this. And so, um, uh, I don't think I can certainly vote to, you know, uh, recommend the modifications. Um, and and we maybe we need to have some further conversations about. This. Is this potentially putting our tenants at risk if they were to accept? the wording as the city has proposed it financially? It potentially puts them at risk. These uh, aviation defense cases can be very, very expensive to defend. It could easily um, put a, um, a tenant, you know, at risk of, of hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, certainly up to half a million, which of course in the end of the day you're not going to be able to get from the tenant anyway, so you know. Which the, means the city would be on the hook then. Well, the city would be on the hook because they go, okay, we want half a million from you. Okay, well, I just declared bankruptcy, so boom, there you go. <laughs> ah, Madam Chair, uh, uh, referring to a decision was made. The city made a decision here. The city made a decision. Who are we talking about? The city attorney, the city manager, city attorney. Okay, okay. And I, I don't, I have no reason to, you know, question her judgment on the thing. Uh, as you all may know, the city attorney's office is now going to be brought in-house. Mm. It's not going to be, uh, we're not going to be contracting with Myers Nave, uh, the historic law firm we've used since, I think, 1994. Uh, we'll have our own in-house. It'll be the same attorney, um, uh, Eric Danley, who represents a former employee now of Myers Navi and a soon future employee of the city of Petaluma will um, uh, will be the city attorney and be housed here in this building. So uh, that is one aspect of this that may help clarify some as we go forward. There's also, they were talking the risk issues and uh, Mr. Blanky, Ron Blanky, the city's risk manager should have I think some input into this and if there's ambiguity or if members more familiar with the aviation aspect of this than, than I am certainly if you're not comfortable with this uh, then maybe you might choose to table it tonight and have it brought back and in the interim ask Bob or to take specific questions to risk management or to the city attorney and get clarification as to how, in nutsy boltsy terms, how will this affect the tenants and, and the patrons of the airport. And uh, the, we have a tentative rental uh, modification, lease agreement modification before us, and we have questions on this specific language. Help us out here. 
So if you that might be something you might want to discuss and do uh, to table it tonight, ask for further clarification, get risk management and the city attorney's uh, uh, feedback on the specific points of concern to you, and then uh, and then come back in. Have Bob bring it back. I think that's a great idea, Chris. Yeah, yeah. and I I think that's a good idea. I and I'd be I'd be willing to. Uh, uh, if we're going to do this in a meeting format, I'd, I'd be willing to sit down yeah. and offer my expertise. I think maybe the operations subcommittee could meet, uh, if Bob could set up a meeting perhaps with the attorney and, and with that. Mikey. Going through and redlining through. whatever the issues yeah. of discomfort you might have, uh, a question of concern with any of the language, identify that and take it in and say this is what we need. We're, we're not, understand Chris, we're not trying to create any special deal here for the airport. We just want what's best for the tenants, the city, and all parties involved. That's all we're trying to do here. And, and, and I understand that, and that's fine, but uh, you are the airport commission. If you're not satisfied with the language or you have a question about it, then get your questions answered before you have to ask, right. act on it. And so to table this this evening, unless, Bob, this is time sensitive, there's some critical no, it's not time sensitive. Yeah, then we can, you know, bring it back at a future meeting with the, the questions answered and and take a, a, a positive action. Cool. Do we need to vote on a motion or something to table it, or can well, we? Well, it's it's on the it's on the old business, so maybe maybe we should uh, maybe we should have a uh, a motion to uh, ask Bob to set up a meeting with the operations committee on this subject with uh, at uh, Mr. Danley and and Mr. Blanky's convenience. If anybody. You have a motion for that? The item's going to be continued and no action taken. Right. And then okay, so and just continue with no action yeah, taken. Continued okay. and then recorded in the minutes of the item was continued with no action taken. And we're seeking clarification from city staff on these, whatever the specific points that you, that okay. causes concern. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Good. All right. I think that covers um, old business. And... Uh, uh, new business, uh, Bob, um, July meeting date. Um, fill us in on that. Yes, uh, the next scheduled um, airport commission meeting is on uh, Thursday, July 4th, which is also a holiday. And I <laughs> presume we want to pick another day or, or, or cancel at this point. So I want to bring that up before the commission. It seems to me that what we need to do is pick another date. I mean, if, if we don't have anything on the agenda, it may too get canceled. Um, but seems to me that uh, that we should uh, at least at this point set up a uh, an alternative date if there's not a problem to bump it down a week to the 11th that's what that's what I would suggest okay. what I'll do is I'll check with city staff to make sure that the chamber is available right. okay. okay okay committee report um, report of operations subcommittee Yes, thank you, time. Madam Chair. Um, yes, happy to report that our long-term financial planning is paying off, and even though the um, economy, and particularly as the economy affects general aviation and our community airport is concerned, it's not back where it was, but it's a whole lot better than a whole lot of airports are, are seeing right now. And uh, again, as a result of our um, um, long-term financial plans and and laddering of our loans and bond payments, uh, we paid off a couple of loans on the old fuels on the current fuel system uh, about a year and a half ago, and that's given us a little bit of a cushion. So um, we're projecting a surplus at the end of the year. Uh, which would be fiscal year June 30 would be the end. We're projecting a surplus of around 130, maybe 140 thousand dollars, which will go into our reserve fund, which is currently around 200 and some thousand, um, which we will use to cover our FAA grant match for the runway rehabilitation project next year. We hope to get a grant from the FAA on to do, and then the following year. Um, uh, taxiway rehab and some uh, restoration of our tie-down ramp area. Um, given the adobe clay soil we have on the east side of town, it's heaving and hooving and we need to keep up with that. So that'll give us enough surplus to pay our grant and cover our grant, our 5% match, and uh, 
perhaps uh, some additional funds left over. Again, we need to do some detailed planning on that for the next fiscal year uh, to see if we can do um, perhaps something in the area of a new airport signage out front of the airport off East Washington Street, uh, perhaps looking into a future project of um, replacing the existing terminal building, which was a donated double-wide trailer from the police department ages ago, which the pilot club installed and did the deck work and concrete work and did all the utilities for, donated and donated to the airport at no cost to the city. So um, that terminal building, well, dear in many of our hearts, is flat falling apart. So we need to do something. And uh, so once our rehabilitation projects are completed in the airport or on the, on the runway, taxiway, tie-down area, um, the FAA can, it, it looks as though they may fund part of a new terminal building. We need to look into that as we get further down the road. We've got to do these rehab projects first. Once those are finished, critical safety projects are finished, the FAA can consider other projects, again, perhaps part of the uh, terminal replacement, but we'll need some front money for that. So that's what we're building the reserve for. Um, on the uh, fuel sales uh, picture, we're, we're down a little bit, but all things considered, um, we're covering our expenses and, like we said, uh, projecting a surplus. So um, Bob will give us an update on hangar um, openings and things like that. But overall, we're doing really pretty darn well. Okay. Um, projects. Actually, I'll let Joe. Uh, going to talk. Defer to right. Joe on this one. I'm the one that's going to talk. Uh, the projects team uh, had a uh, project to look at getting new shirts for the staff out at the airport, and uh, we looked at uh, a number of vendors, both here in town and outside, and the the low bid best offer uh, came from a company here right in Petaluma. Uh, we've, we've picked, uh, so we get to the right sheet here, uh, Zephyr Sportswear. Uh, they came in with a low bid of $22 per shirt. And they are good shirts. This is an example of the shirt, which I'll passed down so that you can see it's an eight ounce uh, quality uh, shirt uh, the emblem will look like this this is the emblem that was the Petaluma high school uh, gal who won the award for our new emblem and also along with it is what it would look like on the color shirt that Bob has chosen which is blue for um, the crew. Also, the uh, Zephyr Sports, uh, when I talked to them, we wanted the name, you know, staff. So it said staff on the bottom. And Bob, I made that specific to them because Bob had said, well, maybe we want to buy some extras that we can actually sell to the public. And uh, I thought that was a great idea. Uh, so when I bounced that to Zephyr, they said, oh, no, no problem for the staff ones. We, 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 we'll put it on for no charge. So um, the deal just worked out very well with them, and they are eager to help us. Uh, so I guess what I'm asking for is an approval to uh, move forward and get these shirts ordered and, and get the staff in a nice, comfortable new work shirt. And what color are we talking here? Blue. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's right. you'll see the exact. That's underneath okay. the emblem there. All right. Wasn't 100 percent sure that that was the color we'd pick, but right. How uh, many do you think we're going to have to need to buy right off? Uh, I think Bob said 12 for uh, to begin with. Uh, to begin with 12. <clears throat> Excuse me, 12. Yes. Okay. And then we can talk about uh, you know how many would do we want to get? Maybe probably one in each size at least for sales to everybody sales, yeah. else um, that'll be a somewhat contingent on how fast Zephyr can turn turn them around in other words if we take an order can they get it to us in a couple of days and so on or do we have to build up a stock 
so we'll have to make some kind of decision. So the $250 for the staff shirts, and if we print extras, I know we'll sell them. Um, yeah. So those would maybe even be at a profit for the airport. Yeah. I'm just, just <laughs> well, saying. Could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're not talking about a lot of money here. Do we need a motion or something to approve that, Bob? I, w I wouldn't think for so, yes. Even a couple hundred bucks? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I make a motion that we accept the 200 bucks to fund the staff. Or and 12 all shirts. 12 whatever, shirts. Yeah, the total cost. And yeah. more if we can get them cheaper <laughs> with, with other people. Um, do we need to, should we, should we give ourselves a little more flexibility since, since Bob is not entirely certain how many, yeah. you know, give him an, an opportunity to kind of ask around and get an idea of what the demand is. So um, could we, uh, would you be open to amend that up to say $500 and give Bob yes, the flexibility? I, I'd amend that up to $500. Okay. okay. I'll second that. Okay. Uh, any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Carries unanimously. Outstanding. All right. Moving on. Manager's report. Yes. Well, it's been quite an exciting May. We had several people uh, inquire about obtaining a hangar at the airport. So currently, as of today, we just rented a hangar 18D. And then Hangar 18C, which are the two executives, was rented last month. So uh, 18A is open, and that'll be rented as of September 1. So, uh, and oh, another point, uh, 18B will be rented as of July 1. So come September 1, all four will be rented, which is uh, uh, nice to see. And we currently have one uh, standard uh, T hangar with a 39-foot door that's unrented at this time, but I don't see that being... Um, open for long. Uh, an update on AIP 24. We had a meeting with Peter Hong who replaced Bill Jin. It was a very exciting meeting. Uh, Peter agreed with our goals of working on the runway first and then uh, working on the taxiway and ramp uh, which is coincides with the FAA's runway comes first and then uh, peripheral items come second. Um, Peter was straightforward about how many aircraft we had in the field and that we would take precedence over a smaller airport for those uh, discretionary funds that are becoming uh, available soon. What was sad to hear was that Peter Hong retired May 31st. <laughs> so we now have a new project manager um, whom we haven't met, but whom uh, Meet and Hunt has uh, dealt with in the past. So. Uh, we're currently trying to get a meeting with them sometime in the uh, first part of July to go down and explain where we've been and why we have so many items that have been designed but yet we haven't done construction on. And the main reason for that is because the FAA didn't have any money. So uh, I'll give another update as we become closer to um, July 31st. Uh, Pacific Gas and Electric currently has two gas lines that transverse the airport, the ramp, and the taxiway and runway. Uh, the smaller the lines, the 16-inch is being abandoned, and they're going to reroute it. It'll, um, the new line will come down Washington and then uh, take a right turn and uh, follow the fence line down to the corner of uh, the airport property. Um, this construction will happen next year, probably next summer, and they're currently working with uh, city staff to get all the permits and uh, Bob, would that be this, the uh, fence line along that separates uh, Rooster Run? Right, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And it'll be uh, on the other side of all our utilities, so it'll be a pretty clear-cut form. And that's actually the best route uh, for us. So you mentioned it'll be abandoned, so is it still going to be in the ground? It'll be in place. So they're not tearing up the, no, no, no. plans to tear up right. the runway? Right. Um, one of the goals of the airport was to try to operate with a less impact on the environment. Uh, we currently use a pickup truck and a Crown Victoria to drive around and so we um, found a golf cart that uh, runs on battery. Um, the purchase price was $1,500. It has a small little utility box in the back so we can put tools to carry around when we need to do small jobs or uh, take people to show them their new hangers. So we um, uh, purchased the product and uh, it'll now be used and 
in place of some of the other vehicles and uh, we can let them sit and enjoy the sunlight. Uh, last meeting I was asked to look into a commercial aviation permit as part of the rules and regulations and uh, part of the uh, hangar lease. Uh, I talked to the airport manager at Livermore who we looked at their rules and regulations and um, minimum standards as kind of a guide for us and we wrote the rules and regulations that we're currently going through right now as modeled after their uh, rules and regulations which talks about a commercial aviation permit. I talked with Leander this morning, he's the airport manager and he met with the FAA and showed them their rules and regulations and the commercial aviation permit and uh, the FAA was 100% behind it. So. I think that's the one we want to model ourselves after. We currently have that in our current regulations and rules, but we need to update them and kind of broaden them to include um, different facets. As you know, uh, Chevron no longer is in the branded fuel business. Uh, the last day for us to sell a branded Chevron fuel was uh, the 31st. Uh, all signage has been removed. Uh, we've removed all the credit cards from the system. Um, and the transition has been smooth. Uh, we haven't had uh, any problems with accepting credit cards or um, obtaining fuel. Um, interesting enough, even though we were selling Chevron fuel, very little of our charges were on a Chevron card, uh, probably less than 5%. So I don't think that'll be a big impact for us. Uh, one of the things we can look at when we do uh, work with Shell is uh, like Chevron, they had no charge on their uh, Chevron credit cards, or Shell credit cards, excuse me. So we could, in the future, offer that five cent discount to a Shell card holder. We sent out a newsletter uh, last month. Um, we haven't had one in a while. My goal is to have a newsletter sent out to the tenants every six months, giving them updated what's news at the airport and what they can expect. Uh, the main objects of the last newsletter was first of all the Chevron credit card issue and second we had to close the runway uh, for um, some bore samples in preparation for the design of the rehabilitation project uh, which went off rather smooth. We closed it at 6 and by 10.30 we were able to open the runway ahead of schedule. So um, if anybody has any items that would like to put in the newsletter if you could let me know ahead of time and we can certainly include them. And that's all I had for this month. Madam Chair? Yes, go ahead. Uh, Bob, I, I'm, I didn't hear everything. I apologize. That's right. But the, the purchase of the golf cart, did, is that that been done? Has that been purchased? Or yes, is yes, it you're looking does. to purchase? No, we, we purchased it. And w was that a budgeted item, or do you have discretionary funding somewhere? Or? We had extra funding to purchase it. It wasn't a budgeted item, no. So uh, just out of curiosity, I'm just asking, where, where, where did it come from, the money? We had monies left over uh, in some of the maintenance and repair uh, projects and um, some uh, legal fees that we weren't using we could transfer over. And just as you close out this fiscal year, it's the in the 12-13 fiscal year? Right. Okay. Um, you mentioned the, the switching from Shell, Chevron to Shell and the credit cards and, and just my own edification, do, 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 does the airport interacted with that much with the other airports, North Bay or Bay Area airports. And the reason I ask, I know that the Petaluma Yacht Club, be that as it may, the Petaluma Yacht Club does interact with the other yacht clubs in, in uh, the Bay Area. And uh, they, they share information and to share that Chevron's out, Shell's in, uh, and, you know, come on up and still buy the fuel and maybe there's a discount. Yeah, we have a group of Bay Area um, managers, airport managers that meet on an infrequent huh? basis, huh? but um, we uh, communicate via email. Uh, I also belong to Associated Association of California Airports, and that's California-wide and Nevada-wide, and they're quite active, uh, and they've been a great resource for us. In fact, that's where the majority of the RFP came from, uh, through their efforts. You, you, and you, those of That's you in correct. the aviation, you, you look at these things, you say, oh, look, Petaluma is now switching from A to B. Right. Um, okay, cool. when, when Chevron decided to go out of the branded aviation fuel business, they 
a, a fair number of airports were impacted in Northern California, and um, I'm also belong to the same association that Bob does. Um, and uh, getting lots of emails, people wondering, well, how do we go about getting a new fuel provider? And that's, as Bob mentioned, that's where we got a lot of the information that we needed to put in our RFP to make sure we had all the bases covered and got the right kind of responses from our bidders. And um, uh, everyone was going through the same turmoil of how do we do this. And, and, uh, and the other thing that we do is, and the FAA requires this, when we set our rates and charges, of which obviously fuel price and hangar rents and all of that are, are a big piece, uh, the FAA stipulates that those rates and charges be competitive with neighboring airports in the geographic vicinity of similar scope, size, and operations. And so um, we, over the years, have done surveys once or twice a year where Bob would contact the other airport managers at Nuttree, Noss, Santa Rosa, Napa, Livermore, uh, similar type airports to determine what rates and charges they are um, charging their tenants so we can assess where our competitive position is. So that it, we, we don't use that as the sole means of setting prices, but we check ourselves to see if our prices are competitive for rents and, and fuel. And we try to target ourselves to sort of mid-range. And we've been able to do that and stay financially sound using that process. And, and the only reason I raise it is as, as I've come into Petaluma and I'm flying in and I'm using my Chevron card for the last several years and I come in tomorrow and oh goodness now it's a shell card and I don't have that. So I did that that they have some advance notice uh, I guess and however best that works and well, I leave that to staff and those. Within the aviation expertise. community there's a lot of communication from aviation groups to pilots about the fuel situation because it's not just branded changing it's the the whole issue of um, are, are we going to have to replace our current leaded fuel with an unleaded fuel what does that do to aircraft engines etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. big long very complicated and technically challenging issue to deal with so most all pilots are pretty aware that fuel availability if it's available is great and to be sold as an aviation fuel, it has to meet all of the technical requirements uh, to be a safe product to use in our aircraft for obvious reasons. I'd also point out that um, uh, that may help ask, answer Chris's question. There are several websites that pilots will access when they're doing flight planning to figure out the, what the you know what the uh, facilities are available at particular yes. airports. You know how long the runways are, what kind of instrument approaches, and uh, importantly, how much fuel, um, what brand, and who's and, and how much are they charging for it today? <laughs> it's all there. Thank you. Okay. Any uh, any questions uh, that the account, uh, commission members have for uh, our airport manager? All right. Dead silence there. Okay. Commissioner comments. Well, um, I'm going to kick that off with one. Um, and I would, uh, uh, longtime commission member um, Mark Ashton uh, will be terminating his involvement in this in this commission. Uh, he sat on this for many years. He's chaired it, and I want to offer him, um, you know, our hearty thanks for his public service, um, uh, and and. Uh, uh, you know, offer on behalf of the whole airport community, you know, the airport's uh, thanks for his good efforts and assistance over the years. Thank you. Thank you. I think a little bit of applause would be. <laughs> okay. Now I've taken my prerogative as, as the chairwoman. Does anybody else have any, any other commissioners have any comments? That uh, I want to thank, uh, first I want to thank Mark for bringing me into this. I, he's <laughs> the one who talked me into uh, getting involved in this. So I thank you, Mark, and I'm, you're going to be missed here uh, very much. Uh, secondly, I'd like to thank Chris for his going to bat for the Papa Display Day, Airport Display Day. Uh, we had an issue with uh, changes in 
how signs could be displayed in the city. Uh, brought the issue to Chris and he resolved it in no time flat. And so it came to a very uh, amenable uh, response from the city and with Chris's help, uh, it did make a big difference. The Indeed. previous month we had maybe 100 people. This last month we had closer to 200 people. <laughs> So it does make a difference when you remind people that there is a uh, monthly display day. So thank you very much, Chris. Any other comments? No. Um, I got a, a couple. First, um, uh, my wife and I were um, um, able to visit the Normandy invasion beaches uh, a couple of weeks ago. And... Uh, standing in the American cemetery overlooking Omaha Beach in Normandy with 10,000 white crosses and stars of David um, on that bluff so hard uh, fought for with such a price we paid and also knowing that my dad came across one of those invasion beaches when he came ashore um, I just wanted to honor all of the veterans who served since today June 6th is the 69th anniversary of the invasion of Europe taking back Europe from the Nazis um, secondly on a slightly um, more upbeat note um, I'm working with uh, Joe Noriel who is the past director of the Petaluma Museum uh, to try to get a shuttle astronaut to come out to the airport later this year for a public event, probably in one of our big corporate hangars, so it's totally secured. And we're thinking it would be great if we can combine this with a display day. So when the public comes out, they can meet the astronaut, they can see the aircraft in secured uh, area at the airport. And his name is Rex Walheim, and he flew on the last shuttle mission, STS-135. And he's from the Bay Area, and he's still an active astronaut based in Houston. So uh, Joe is uh, working to see if we can get him here. He wants to come as his schedule's kind of booked, as you can imagine. So more about that later, but I just wanted to put that out there. Um, we'll have lots of announcements. Uh, Joe has some good connections with uh, the media for getting publicity. And uh, so more to come, but just wanted to alert you all that uh, we're working on that. When we get closer to that, um, we'll meet with the operations subcommittee. He knows what's required from an event permit I've already gone over all that with him, and we talk security and crowd control and parking and all those kind of things. So uh, more later when we get closer. Very good. Any other commissioner comments? Well, I think that brings us to item number 10, adjournment. Do I have a motion to adjourn this meeting? <laughs> so moved. Do I have a second? <laughs> all in favor of adjournment? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Meeting is adjourned. Okay.